0: See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. In the wake of the death of a University of South Carolina student, people across the country are starting to talk more about ride-sharing safety. Officials believe 21-year-old Samantha Josephson got into the wrong car when she was trying to take an Uber home from a bar late last month. They say the driver of that car allegedly kidnapped and murdered her. Both Uber and Lyft are renewing their safety efforts. Uber says it is launching a social media campaign and will be displaying ads in college newspapers. It is reminding passengers to check a driver's photo and vehicle description with the app. Lyft reminds its passengers that they have colored dashboard displays to help people identify their ride. What do you make of the steps that Uber and Lyft have taken after the attack on that South Carolina college student happened? You know, it's a step in the right direction. We're happy that they are taking steps towards uh, safer rideshare, providing more information to passengers and to drivers. But ultimately, this should have been done long ago.
1: Paul Violas is a CBS News security consultant, an accomplished author, and a renowned global security and law enforcement expert. With over 35 years of experience, he's dedicated his life to finding solutions for the problems that keep you up at night. This is Security Matters with Paul Violas.
0: Welcome back to Security Matters. I'm Paul Violas, and this is a CBS News radio production. I want to start off by thanking everybody for uh, hitting us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and also on our CBS page at SEC Matters, Sec Matters, on Facebook and Twitter. Comments are definitely important to us, as evidenced by the show that we're going to do today. This came from a plethora of comments that came from all of you about this particular subject. Also, please hit us up on cbsaudio.com slash podcasts. Go to the Security Matters piece uh, and our page there, and please leave us a rating, leave us your review. Your comments are critical for us. Today, a subject that, for those of you that know me today, a subject that um, I think is is causing us more harm than good by far. You're going to hear me talk some, some benchmarking information from empirical data, some qualitative information about the reality of rideshare services. First, the culture. We've established a culture in our, in our country right now where we genuinely violate every rule that we learned as we were kids and that is going with strangers we have adopted this level of acceptance with complete disregard and i would even say brazen uh, disregard towards our own personal safety when it comes to accepting these types of services as a norm for transportation Um, i have conducted a significant amount of research into several companies And I want to, uh, uh, before I introduce our first guest, I want to make sure that everybody understands that um, our staff here at Security Matters reached out to both Uber and Lyft and asked them to join us today so that they would have the opportunity to weigh in on what I'm about to talk about and what their position is about ensuring the safety and well-being of their passengers. Uh, Neither company responded to our written requests. I just want to make sure... We go on record before we go forward here. Some statistics that I think are pretty alarming. Um, first of all, whenever you start taking taking stats um, and uh, the, uh, any type of crime stats, let me put it that way, when you're looking at a private company. Private company meaning you know a corporation, not a government. I don't care if it's publicly traded or privately held, it makes no difference. When you start finding that there are categories for that company of risk, that people actually get the time to look at subjects like, and I and I will give you the categories of risk that rideshare companies are, are listed in, that's attributed to Uber and Lyft, is a category. Alleged assaults by drivers, alleged sexual assaults by drivers, the lists, and it will be posted on the Security Matters page on cbsaudio.com. So I want you to go to that because, listen, full disclosure here. Remember, I asked them to come on. Alleged kidnappings by drivers, felons behind the wheel, DUIs, other offenses, imposters, et cetera. The list goes on. This, these are These are crime stats that are held under or created for this particular industry. According to Watchdog, uh, a watchdog website called "Who's Driving You" that tracks incidents involving rideshare vehicles. Rideshare companies have reported 52 deaths, and this is last year. 102 alleged assaults, 395 alleged sexual assaults, 22 kidnappings, alleged kidnappings, 26 felons who should have been disqualified behind the wheel. Background checks—I'll get into in a couple of minutes—and the other, the other really problems, pro- the things that make this problematic, insig- make it insignificant for us to be able to really make an educated decision as to whose vehicle we're getting in. The stats, overwhelming. But when I talk about the problem, here is the problem with rideshare. And and I invite every single person listening, tell all of your friends, write me if you've got anything that will contradict what I'm saying, I want to know about it. Because let me tell you what I know. Number one, drivers in these rideshare companies, incomplete non-comprehensive background investigations that provide nothing more than a false sense of security. End of story. No drug testing. So you don't really know the person that's behind the wheel and you have no idea if they are currently on an intoxicating substance. No drug testing whatsoever. Questionable insurance. This often happens, this subject comes up when you find where people will get involved in some type of traffic crash, and then find out that, you know what, um, no one's covering Not a good thing. And probably the one thing that jumped off the page to me, to the best of our knowledge, and we researched this with both companies we looked at, we couldn't find anything that had to do with a policy on vehicle maintenance. Now, I don't know about you, and I'm not splitting hairs, But you're getting into a car that's going to drive at a high rate of speed. You don't know who the driver is. You don't know if they're intoxicated or if they're on drugs. And you have no idea if that vehicle is safe. This is what our culture has allowed to say, this is acceptable. This is why I have a problem with this. There's no question about it. And then, of course, we have the subject that is permeating throughout communities across the country. And that's the subject of imposters. That's the subject of... People, nefarious type people, like in the case we're about to discuss, that loom around the streets in early hours, knowing that someone who's standing on the side of the road, looking at their phone, is probably waiting for a rideshare driver and pulling up. And this is not an isolated incident. This is something, this is a direct, both a direct and a collateral risk to the subject and the perils of ridesharing. And there's no one better, in my opinion, that can share with us not only his view, but an educated view, an educated response to where ride shares are going in this country. I'm talking about Seymour Josephson, who is the father of Samantha Josephson, who was brutally murdered in Columbia, South Carolina, on March 29th of this year. After getting in a car, she thought was an Uber vehicle. Seymour, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure. Take us back. Um, and first of all, may God rest her soul. Um, there's just, there's nothing that anyone could ever say that, that, would, that would cover the depth of loss when a parent loses a child. Um, as a parent, as a grandparent, you know, my heart breaks for you and your wife. Uh, and I can't imagine... That feeling, but if you don't mind, and for all of our listeners, take us back to the early morning hours of March 29th and tell us what happened.
1: Um, So Samantha was uh, with a bunch of friends in Five Points, Columbia, South Carolina, which is um, a very low. It's a local place that the kids go out drinking and hanging out, and and um, just you know where they gather, right? Right. It's a it's a great meeting area. She was there with her friends. Uh, she actually left uh, because she had to get up to uh, early in the morning to go to work. That's why she was by herself. Um, so she actually called for an Uber. She was waiting for an Uber uh, to come around. They all sat in the back of the building, uh, in the back lot where they were waiting um, when they get ready to get called. It's just It's a waiting area. This car happened to be there and been sitting there for a little while and um, came around. She thought it was her Uber because it said a black car. And as I have said a hundred times now that as an adult, you know, I don't know. I, you know, late at night, I can't tell the difference between a Chevy Impala and a Ford Focus, mm-hmm. right? There, If it's black, you know, it pulls up, you know, and that's one of the descriptions that are on the app is license plate. Uh, the name and description of the, you know, the color of the car. Right. So, um, you know the, and there are 19 states that do not have front license plates um, on them, and uh, South Carolina happens to be one of them. So she pulls it up. She doesn't see the license plate, and, and let's be honest, nobody really is going to go in the back of the car to take a look as as it pulls up. So she jumps into the car, and she was t- kidnapped um, because the doors were locked, um, the child safety locks were on, and um, she was kidnapped. Um, she had no chance to get out. Um, so we all know that she was kidnapped and murdered on the on that morning. Um, my wife and I had gotten notice. Uh, uh, on the on the 29th that that afternoon, that she was missing from her boyfriend, she and I got into the car and drove down to Columbia, South Carolina. Got there um, about midnight or so, and was uh, notified by the uh, Columbia, South Carolina Police Department that she was found and uh, and she was she was dead. So. Um, That's how we were. That's how we, you know, where we were. And and, uh, we then um, proceeded with everything from at that point and had to tell her boyfriend and her roommates um, of what transpired.
0: What have you learned from that incident since the incident itself to today as far as what transpired um, and what facts have been made available to you?
1: So... What transpired, I, I mean, listen, the, the, where it starts for me, and it trickles down to everybody else, right, is the impersonating of a rideshare, impersonating, in uh, this case, of an Uber. So my – I haven't been told any type of facts of, from Uber or from Lyft or anything of that. They have you – know, I've had a, one brief conversation with, with Uber uh, where they gave us uh, their condolences. And that has been it. And, you know, so I haven't been involved with Uber. I haven't been talking to them. My goal is to um, is to put the laws, right, to put regulations around the ride-sharing industry so that this doesn't happen again. And it all starts for me for the impersonating of a ride-share, right. impersonating an Uber, a Lyft. You know, those are, as you mentioned, the two biggest companies that are out there. There are over 20 ride-sharing companies throughout the United States. Right. I think there's 26. So for me, that's where it starts of putting regulation so that you can see the difference between a Uber or a Lyft that is authorized to use, that has uh, the app, has these barcodes, has license plates, has signage, um, that there are parameters that we're putting in place and that we're working with federally and locally in the state. Um, I believe, probably, if I had to guess, the state of New Jersey will be the first state to implement um, a lot of these safety measures that, as a whole, which will hopefully, if not eliminate, but probably cut down dramatically the um, impersonating of a rideshare. Mm-hmm. And let's be clear on this as well. Um, we 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 all tend to say that this is a high school college type of where they they prey on. I've received emails from folks where they're, they're thanking me for putting out the what's my name and the uh, the Sammy um, acronym of Stop S Match and Inform, where these adults have actually have gone through that and have walked away from. Ride impersonating vehicles. So, my goal is to eliminate that, and if these parameters are put in place, that will happen, and it will reduce it dramatically. So that's that's my that's our that's our goal in 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 eliminating that, and then it also just it trickles down to the safety to the general public as well for the existing car. Ride car industry.
0: Sure, absolutely, and I'm completely with you on that. Imposters are uh, it, it, having imposters as as rideshare drivers is, is definitely a significant part of the overall problem associated in the reality of the risks associated with rideshare services. There's no doubt, and as you said, there's well over 20 companies that are doing it right now. Um, you know, I, I look at this again as as I was mentioning earlier. see more about the totality of the culture of ride-sharing, and it goes back to something that I noticed that you had said in an interview, uh, and it's something that I've been saying uh, both, um, you know, as, in, in my position as a CBS law enforcement and security analyst on television and on radio, of we grow up teaching our kids, don't get into cars with strangers, right? I mean, this is what we teach our kids. I'm a parent. I'm a right. grandparent, you know, and you look at your kids before they're going out, and they say, look, if you need me, call me. But don't get into a car with strangers. And yet, and I don't know, Seymour. Maybe I, I, I. Frankly, I would love your opinion on this. I'm scratching my head because I'm asking myself, how did we get from that to where we are today, where it's it's an acceptable part of our culture? I just don't you know get
1: it. that's a great that's a great question, and it all goes back to that. You know, and I I had this conversation yesterday. Um, I had to do a testimony for the state of New Jersey. Um, about this uh, about the whole rideshare and putting laws in place, <clears throat> excuse me and and it really you're hundred percent right I, we have said it and we've and I said this yesterday you're, that we teach our kids not to talk to strangers, not to get in cars with strangers, and that's what we do and I think part of that goes back to that we think that these companies you know they start these companies they we think that they're doing these background checks, we think that they're continually doing the checks and that they're doing all the right things, right? right? We we have this faith, and we have in our mind that this is, this is taken care of. This is going to be a safe way to transport uh, individuals. This is a, a great way to, you know, they've done their homework. They're doing this. Um, they're doing the continual background checks. And, yes, they do a very high-level background check, but as I said in testimony that, I, I coach my, I used to coach my kids in playing soccer and basketball. I had to get fingerprinted. Right. They don't do this. They don't do. They don't even do that. So, there there's needs to be more done um, in that background check in the continuation of background checks. And um, because just because you're good today doesn't mean you're going to be good tomorrow. Well,
0: there's, there's no and question about that. that. There's no question about that. And I can tell you, Seymour, I looked at one of them. And I was appalled because it's nothing more than a pro forma review, check the boxes, public records check, which is nothing more than a false sense of security. It does not give you the actual read on that particular person. I mean, people have done studies. I I, I noticed that there were some studies done with regards to an in-depth look at these backgrounds and looking at actual drivers that that had multiple felonies on them that, that weren't uncovered. So... You know, I look at this as one, I mean, of course, God rest her soul, but Samantha, even though this world lost an incredibly beautiful soul, it seems that her name, through you and your wife, is going to save lives, and or it already is um, Correct. right, so you know by the grace of God alone is is this beautiful soul still going to save lives in perpetuity um. The tragedy, of course, is that you know she's not with you right now in person. But- well,
1: the tragedy is that there are things that could have been done and have taken place from a state and federal side um, that weren't done, and there's no regulations really around the, the right share industry. Right. So that is why I have gone that way. So that this doesn't happen again, and that there are parameters, there are regulations, there are, you know, it's. I'm quite sure there's going to be a, another rideshare company that's going to get just as big, if not bigger, than Uber or Lyft. Right? Right. They're, they're, they grow quickly, and if you're going to start, and if you're in the pro, if you're in that industry, you need to have regulations. There needs to be laws. There needs to be more in-depth state laws for the for, as you said, the background checks and then more in depth.
0: Right. Well, I've been following what you've been doing with your wife, which God bless you guys, because it's really phenomenal what you're able to accomplish in a short period of time. I remember, and I'm dating myself, of course, here, but I remember and I liken to what you're doing to what a couple of women did many years ago with Mm -hmm. Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Correct. Now, if you remember, and again, I'm probably a lot older than you, but- When MAD started, it was socially acceptable to go out and get hammered and drive home and, you know, park your car and walk home. I mean, it was, look, it was socially acceptable. Today, because of MAD, because of their efforts, we had a quantum shift in what's acceptable and unacceptable behavior in this country. I truly believe, and I say this, Seymour, as God is my judge, I truly believe what you are doing in Samantha's name is going to be the same thing as it relates to this. I truly believe that.
1: Well we're hoping and we hope that that's our goal, right? Is it's a continuing education. And that's what Mothers Against Drunk Driving is, right? Is to put laws around that the drunk driving. But it's also about continuing education that has been in schools and colleges. And that is what we're that's what my website is, that's what our foundation is about. It's a continuing education and the charity part of it. But within that you know, we want to create uh, pickup spots um, and have that be branded in a much bigger fashion than maybe a little sign or or knowing that this is a uh, a rideshare pickup area. Um, we, what we've been talking to an example would be our, our mayor here in um, where I live and it's about putting a sign that says "What's my, hashtag what's my name and then having the acronym going down mm-hmm. of uh, of SAMI right. and having that be a pickup spot for the local restaurants and bars um, you know we want to work with universities to have that like I know the University of South Carolina has a pickup area and they're looking to do more but that in the long run is what we want to do is make this a safer place have security around there have a A one spot pickup,
0: and I have no doubt that you're going to accomplish that. I mean, to me, in addition to what you're doing, which is phenomenal, what I'm hoping to see are four things. As regulations, God willing, will start to come, and soon, what I'm looking for are for as a standard, compliance standard for all rideshare companies to spend the money and invest in comprehensive background investigations on each driver and redo those backgrounds at least once a year. I'm looking for mandatory random drug testing where they'll be drug tested at least three times a year randomly. I'm looking for, on the insurance side, for the company to be listed as an additional insured on the driver's insurance policy. So if the driver... Cancels their insurance right after signing up with the rideshare company. The rideshare company will be made will, will be made aware of that, so that we can't run. We won't run into that problem later on. And last but not least, is that each driver must submit at least twice a year a vehicle maintenance report. Now you think about it. If I remember, with, well, it was a long time ago, but when my daughter was, was if she was going to go out on a date and some guy pulled up in the front of the house. With this old beat up car, there's not a snowball's chance in hell I'm letting her get in. And I bet I'm speaking for a lot of parents out there that if they thought their kid was going to get into an old beat up, smelly car, they wouldn't want them to. Which is why that vehicle maintenance side, in addition to everything else, those are the four things that I think if we yeah, so those, those. so
1: I know, I I will I will say this that what we're looking to do from a state of New Jersey as well as what we'll. Be implemented even from a uh, f- from a federal side. Um, and one of the things that we're talking about is with the barcode, right? The barcode is fixed on the back window right. of a passenger or driver's side. The state of New Jersey um, is even in um, New York. What they're having um, right below the the barcode is an actual license plate. Right, so that mm-hmm. way you you can't switch cars you can't switch to a a car that doesn't uh maybe that's that is you know broken down and that they borrowed right um so that those, when you put the security the q r codes the barcodes you put the license plate on there and you put some other security around there around the 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 particular car that will Help with the the, with the with the year of the car because I know that Samantha's boyfriend went to go become an Uber driver and he had an older BMW, and they did they did do a um, a, an initial inspection of that. But you're correct in the sense that it's just not one time.
0: No, absolutely not. It's
1: a continuous thing. But having those. The bar on there, having the license plate on there on that you're not going to be able to move it from car to car, which is a a big thing because then you from the initial inspection, right. you can't just move it to a different car so that may help in that aspect of that, um, but you're you're correct correct in saying that it needs to be continual it can't be just initial it needs to have continual um, if it's once a year, twice a year, once every year. Uh, inspections.
0: Look, it just makes it just it just makes common sense, which I shouldn't use common sense because right next to Jumbo Shrimp it's rather right wow. the greatest oxymoron of all time. But it just makes good sense that you don't want to get into a vehicle and God forbid you get in a vehicle and you're doing fifty miles an hour and find out that it's not it's not well maintained. So with right. all that being said, those are the things that, that I see in addition to all the great things that you're doing moving forward, I think if we can put these things in place then God willing, we're going to save a lot of lives and make that industry a viable industry for for in transportation. Right now, in my in my opinion, it is not. Right now, it is just not safe. But hopefully, yeah, I think what has to happen also there. is
1: that your listeners and everybody needs to actually contact their their, their state, their local congressman, their local, local senators, their their representatives. Um, they need to contact their states and have them. Uh, start that process i mean listen I, I have there's probably been a half a dozen states that have contacted us and um that have passed certain laws and are in the process of, of passing laws but again i'm just one person right there's already so much that we can do
0: right well uh, so with that where said, we though,
1: depend upon to get out to everyone
0: so with that said seymour as we close a lot of parents listening right now i mean a lot of parents um, what's your message to them right now?
1: You know, I think they need to to get out to their local p- politicians and really press it on the air that we need safety. We need to put laws in there. We need state laws. We need federal laws. Um, I, I'm working on the federal side. We had meetings last week. Um, federal, the federal laws are will come down, but it needs the states need to enact them. The states need to be part of it. Um, they will they have to want to do this, and the only way they 're going to do that is by your listeners getting in front of them writing them calling them saying that we need state regulations we need state laws so that there are safety around the ride sharing industry
0: and if we want to learn more about your foundation, how do people get in touch
1: sure uh, so the website is uh, what 's dot org um, so there's information about that we will be launching about the Uh, foundation um, probably next week um, because we just finished all the paperwork and getting everything um, signed off and everything. So um, we'll have about the foundation uh, ongoing, but there's a lot of information about the rideshare industry as well as what we're doing and everything.
0: Well, we will make sure that we post that on our site at CBS audio um, and we'll make sure that our listeners are well aware of it. And, um, Obviously, but I'll say this, if you ever feel there's anything that I can do personally or anyone here at, at, at Security Matters, our whole staff, that can assist you in your endeavors, no matter what it is, Seymour, please let me know, okay? I really mean that.
1: We we appreciate it. Thank you very
0: much. Okay. Um, you've been listening to Security Matters with Paul Violas on the CBS News Radio Network. Stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to leave you with some tips. If, in fact, you do decide to take a ride share, how to be safe. Stay with me.
1: California man is accused of raping or sexually assaulting seven women in a case that raises new questions about the safety of ride-sharing services like Uber and Lyft. 44-year-old Nicholas Morales faces 27 felony counts. Please say that he posed as a ride-share driver. Carter Evans shows us the risk and the new technology that companies are using to try to keep the passengers safe. Rideshare services like Uber and Lyft are often used as a safe way home after a night out. But a series of sexual assaults by men posing as drivers is prompting police to warn passengers to take
0: extra precautions. It certainly reminds us that you know, there are a lot of bad people out there. The Los Angeles
1: District Attorney's Office says Nicholas Morales attacked at least seven different women while posing as a rideshare driver. He's facing more than two dozen charges, including rape and sodomy by use of force.
0: Our victim was preoccupied at the time, thought that she was getting to to the vehicle that was there to pick her up. Uh, Mr. Morales took advantage of the situation and assaulted her.
1: Now, back to Security Matters with Paul Violas.
0: Welcome back to Security Matters. I'm Paul Violas. And you have been listening to my conversation with Seymour Josephson, uh, the father of Samantha Josephson, who was brutally killed March 29th in Columbia, South Carolina. A wonderful message, a great man, obviously, no question about that, and, and, and a terrific message. You obviously, well, by this point, you've been listening, you know how I feel about this. I'm, I'm not a fan of rideshares, and I'm not gonna be a fan until they step up and do the right thing and make sure that they make safety of passengers primary and not secondary and not a collateral issue. Uh, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for all of us to get involved in this. We have to change the culture of this. I likened, as I mentioned earlier, to the example of Mothers Against Drug Driving, where moms got together and changed the trajectory of risk in our country. God bless them for doing that. Countless amount of lives saved. I implore you, I beseech you, take this under advisement. Get involved in this. Contact people in your local area, elected officials. You need legislation on this. We need compliance standards. They need to make sure that we're addressing things like thorough backgrounds, random drug testing, the proper insurance and the proper um, notification if the driver doesn't have or doesn't keep the right insurance and making sure those vehicles are maintained properly. Obviously the identity of the driver and a variety of things. All of these things are important to make sure that you stay safe. A couple of things I wanted just to leave you with, if you decide to still take rideshare, which I'm sure many of you will, a couple of things just to leave with you before you get into the car, as the car comes up, go to the back if there's only one plate, but make sure the license plate matches your ride. That's number one. Number two, don't ever volunteer your name. Make sure the driver knows your name. Just stick your head in. Don't get in the vehicle. Stick your head in and say, who are you here for? Now, they know where you're supposed to go and they know your name. So make sure that that information is there that's going to link you up. The next thing, before you get in the car, smell the car. If that car smells, for example, smells like pot, if it doesn't, if it, it has a horrible odor in it, chances are if the car smells bad, it doesn't ride well. Don't get in. Step away. Do not chance your personal safety. One definitely has to do with the other. Don't tell the driver what driver's name you're looking for. Hi, are you Bill? Hi, are you Jane? No, ask for their name. Make sure these three things have a lot to do with your personal safety. They really do. Once you get in the car, make sure that you have your phone in your hand. If, God forbid, that vehicle is not driving safely, driving erratic. Remember, the vast majority of rideshare drivers, it's their second and third job. So they're fatigued. If, in fact, you do decide to do this, if that driver starts falling asleep at the wheel, make sure you can call 911 real quickly. Wear your safety belt all the time. A lot of people get in the back of a car Don't wear a seatbelt. Make sure you put that on. And remember, as much as possible, try not to travel alone. It's really, really important. This is an important subject. It's a critical subject about our safety and well-being. It's something that we need to go and change our cultural thinking in this country to keep us safe. The amount of crime that's being perpetrated over ride shares, unbelievable, uncalled for. clearly preventable. Let's make sure, okay? Let's make sure that doesn't happen to you. Let's get involved in that. You've been listening to Security Matters with Paul Violas, a CBS News radio production. For more podcasts from CBS, hit us up at cbsaudio.com. Have a great week. Be safe. Be well. God bless. Thanks for listening
1: to Security Matters with Paul Violis. The podcast is produced by Seth Nyman and CBS News Radio. For more podcasts from CBS News, visit cbsaudio.com/podcasts. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator